Aloha and welcome back to the Ohana Packers Edition podcast, where two bros talk everything green and gold. I'm Mike Kawano, and that's Iowa Joe. Football is here, week one. Welcome in off a resounding and satisfying victory. Joe, did you enjoy that? What I could watch of it, I did. <laughs> Fortunately, I got to see most of the game, but okay, for like sorry. the first quarter, I was stuck at work, so I couldn't watch the game. Did you get to see Hercules' sack? <laughs> no, but I got to hear it from the best voices ah, in the world, Wayne Larrabee and, and um, uh, Larry McCarron. Awesome. So. I, I I consider that a wash just because, <laughs> you know, when you can listen to those guys call the plays, then, you, you know, you're doing right. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it was one of those, you know, we'll get into it in more detail, but it was one of those. That's why we picked that guy kind of moments in the game. And what I got, um, man, it, it was great. Um, we'll we'll get into it. But Packers are coming off of a 38 to 20 victory that really wasn't that close, <laughs> even that close at the end of it. Um, Joe, your first impressions on the game itself. I really, it's, it's been a lot better than what a few of the past week one games have been for the Packers. You know, it's about time that, you know, we get a a week one victory, even though it really week one doesn't mean much until you get further into the season. Then it's like, okay, well, did you win? How many games did you win? So, but it's always nice to get that victory over the Bears. It's always great to get that confidence boost, no matter who you're playing. I mean, a win is a win. You're going to take it however you can get it. There's a lot of, and obviously we'll get into it a little bit further, but, you know, there's a lot of things that look great. There's a lot of things that need to continue to work on. But where we're at right now, 1-0, you know, it, it's, it, it's a good, it's a good feeling. And I know you'll be able to get into a little bit more of the technicals than I can, but you know, it, it, I thought they did pretty good for the most part. Yeah. You know, it, um, it overall, I thought it was a very good game. I would give it about a, you know, a B plus game top down, you know, going offense, defense and coaching, but yeah, like you said, it was nice to see the team get off to a, you know, a good start. Um, for once, you know, for the first time since the COVID season, it's been a while since they've looked any sort of um, not discombobulated on week one. You know, you had the the bad loss to the Saints and then you had whatever the hell they did in Minnesota last year. So it was great to get off on something of the right foot, you know, starting off with the fourth down, fourth down stuff on uh, Chicago's opening drive. Um, got to see um, a lot of the good actually on that first drive, you know, LaFleur's play sequencing was pretty solid. Love was um, composed and on target in that first drive. And um, yeah, it was just, it was just a really nice, you know, and they put up the stat that we've already matched last year's opening drive touchdowns by (laughs) touchdown on that drive, which, you know, it's good to get that monkey off their back. I'm sure that's something that LaFleur has been, you know, highlighting, circling and pointing every finger at in the team meeting. So it was good to see them get the ball rolling. And um, well, wasn't there another stat like we've already scored more points or have more like 30 plus point games now than we had in like the first 10 weeks last year or something like that? Or we scored more points this game than we did in something however like many games that. Yeah, they didn't score. They didn't score 30. Yeah. I think um, I think if they had scored one more touchdown, I think they would have matched or almost beaten um, what they did in the first three weeks of last season, basically. And like you said, you know, it's the Bears, but hey, it's um, it's a road start. You know, the as Bears fans wanted to believe it was a changing of the guard and all that kind of stuff. But um, it was good to see um, just the team get off to a, a decent start. I know you said you didn't get to catch the first quarter, but um, I guess when you came in, um, were they, were, did you get to watch the, um, at least the field goal drive or were you kind of still in where they were kind of spinning their wheels in the mud a little bit on offense still? Uh, throw the quotes up here. I didn't get to watch any of the first quarter. Um, but I, I was able to catch it and, I I watched the first touchdown 
I got to see the the first uh, field goal, but then a little bit after that was my drive home. So I didn't get, I, I got to listen to it, but I didn't get to watch all of it. But I mean, that first drive was just amazing. It, it was very calculated. It was very, you know, you can tell Jordan Love's confidence is there. Uh, now the next couple of drives were a little bit iffy to the point where it looked like he was getting excited and he was putting too much gas on the ball than what he probably should have. And, but I, I think there was a good up and down with it. And if we can flatten that out a little bit more as the season goes on, I, I think we really got it. But, uh, the defense, the defense is what I've got to say was this whole game without them holding down the fort for the most part. I mean, yeah, they gave up 20 points. Yeah, there were a lot of penalties that need to be cleaned up, but I will have to say that, well, we'll get into it a little bit later, but let, let's start out with, I'm surprised that Anthony Johnson was inactive. Yeah, I know that you and I, we kind of messaged each other back and forth about that on Twitter, and it it was one of those where looking going into the game, I had him question marked because it was one of those okay they have to get to seven inactives but i didn't think he would be one but then again you get into the whole like okay an easy one is watson so watson is one kind of thing and then you kind of go through the okay someone from the o-line room is down they actually sat um both ryan and caleb jones which <laughs> we can discuss that at a different time um you have um, Brenton Cox, which, you know, was a good sign that Rashawn was I, – I thought he was going to play more snaps than he did, but I, I kind of liked the pitch count he was on. Um, and then the rest of – you know, Johnson, he kind of fell into that that hole where it was kind of like, okay, is he going to get to be up if he only sees like a couple snaps on defense or are they going to go with just they want all their special teamers up kind of thing and all. And I, I did wonder yesterday when um, – it was announced that Innis Gaines was going to be elevated from the practice squad. And usually you don't double up at a position unless like you have a lot of other injuries at the position. So I kind of was curious and it did end up turning out that because Gaines was up, some DB was down and it wasn't going to be one of the four corners. So it was one of the safeties and um, Johnson, it kind of shows that he's a little bit lower on the pecking order in terms of um, the, the special teams depth chart for the rest of the safety group kind of thing. Yeah, but, but I think this goes back to some of the conversations we've had in the past where, uh, you know, really he was, when he started to come on towards the late preseason, he was like the lone bright spot in that safety uh, position. And it kind of started showing during the game, you know, uh, Rudy Ford was getting burnt pretty good. Savage was 50-50 on some of it. Uh, uh, Gaines had... I, I think he was more the special teams value than anything. And I, I guess I didn't hear Jonathan's own, Jonathan Owens is name called. So I guess that's kind of a good thing when you don't hear it called, but I just, to me, if he, if you feel like he's going to at least be a contributor contributor, just go ahead and throw him out there. I mean, then if he's not going to be able to handle it, then you know, okay, we're going to inactive for a little bit. You know, let him get his confidence back or whatever. But I, I think if he's the guy that you're thinking he's going to be, then just throw him out there. He's not going to be any worse than what Rudy Ford showed. He's not going to be any worse than what, uh, well, like I said, Darnell Savage was kind of up and down. There were plays that he was playing well, and then there was plays where he was the typical Darnell Savage from the last year and a half. But I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of, and I know this was a little bit of our back and forth where I said, I wonder if the knee for Johnson is a little bit more there than what uh, they were talking about. Cause I know he missed time during the preseason over it. So I just, like I said, I, I think if he's going to be your guy, you might as well just throw him out there and let it. This is a young team. They're going to make mistakes as is. You might as well see what you got in these guys before, you know, making any decisions on anything. I can, I can understand that. Yeah, no. And I, I usually am just like you, especially with where this team is this year. 
let the young guys go and like you said let them put stuff on film that they can you know positive and you know negative that they can learn from kind of thing I thought Savage actually had a pretty decent game today I know he didn't um you know he had the big tackle for loss and I think there are a couple of catches where he um you know he was a little bit off kind of thing and stuff but I think overall he had a solid game um but yeah Ford struggled in and out on certain drives and stuff but um yeah, maybe it is the knee. Like you said, we're not in for those meetings and stuff, but it was one where it raised my eyebrows to see him inactive, but it wasn't one that I was like jumping up and down for. That was for our favorite lineman on the roster <laughs> instead. <laughs> but um, luckily, it didn't matter today. Um, those are discussions that we can save for another day. I, I do agree with you that maybe, you know, if we... It'll be one where maybe we'll bring it up, we'll earmark it, and we'll bring it up if you know he's Johnson is not on the injury report at all for a week and he's not a game day active kind of thing. Because like you said, I did think that um, he put some good stuff on film towards the end of the preseason. I I'd have to look. I don't remember how much he actually played in that Seattle game because he did ding his knee up before that game. So in the practices leading up to that game, so um, I know he dressed, but I can't remember how much he actually played in that game. So maybe it is a little bit of a lingering thing, and then. You know, they don't want him having to worry about playing angles and then, oh, having to come downhill on a running quarterback with a bum knee kind of thing and stuff. So that's one that, like you said, we'll, it'll definitely be more of a head scratcher if we're like past the bye week and it's still like he's still inactive every week kind of thing and stuff. But, um, and he was on the injury report for this week with the knee now it said he was full participant so that's again why i wonder if there was some issue there where they were like okay well we're gonna keep it you know limit him in gameplay you know bring up games and use one of his you know however many games two or three game uh call-ups and go from there but like i said i just don't see how he could be any worse than what they were dealing with already yep but I think I think Savage put enough good stuff on film today to work through. And like you said, it's going to kind of be on which um, who starts to take more reps at the secondary at the other safety position, I should say. But um, kind of just getting back to the offensive side of it, like you said, Love had his ups and downs in the first half. I, I do think play calling and personnel kind of put a big part into that. But he missed some throws. You know, he. There's, I'm sure there's a bunch of throws on film that he would like to have back. Um, that one incompletion to Jaden Reed, I wanted Reed. I wish Reed would have fought for that ball a little more. Um, and you had a couple other situations like that where, um, you know, Love could have been just, you know, incrementally inches better, but you also want to see completions regardless kind of thing. But I thought once they... Um, got into the second half and obviously you know it, i thought it was big even though you know they had the chance for a touchdown on that uh missed uh smash to musgrave i i was glad to see them you know he came back the next play hit the hit the throw to reed and they were able to get down to field goal range and i thought that kind of set him up you know you get to troy aikman would say it all the time you want to go into half with momentum especially if you're getting the ball first in the third quarter and we saw it they come out and um go right down the field you know Aaron Jones gets to touch the ball again and um this offense just hums at a different speed kind of thing um you know I I think I saw you tweet it no disrespect to AJ Dillon but Aaron Jones just takes this offense to a different stratosphere you know it was true with Rodgers and it's even more evident with love at quarter you know going to love at quarterback moving forward so um you know they did see we did see Jones pull up a little bit lame on his um his long touchdown reception so you you want to hope that he's um you know that it they did catch it kind of precautionary more than it was like a dead on pull but um you hope that he's just good to go when it comes to next week so that'll definitely be one that we'll be monitoring um going into week two in atlanta right and yeah it just it's so funny that you know, and I we're recording this while they're doing the press conferences. Otherwise, I would we'd have quotes on them. But I, I would just love to see, hear what Lafleur had to say if he's going to keep still pulling the same. Oh well, yeah, we got to create touches for Aaron Jones, and we got to get him out there. And it's like, yeah, but you're play calling. You need you're the one that's got to get him out there. But you know, and I understand AJ Dillon has really made himself a man of the people. 
you know, this whole mayor of Door County thing, this whole, you know, quad father and everything. But I don't know how many more times I'm I, I can handle seeing him like fall on his face and you know hit the pile but not move the pile or you know now he did later in the game have that really good uh uh running back screen that he got a pretty good chunk of yards on but i just it's no wonder that the packers were rumored to be after jonathan taylor because they've gotta have some kind of compliment for Aaron Jones and it really just is showing that AJ Dillon's not it. Yeah, it's unfortunate because um it looked like in the 2021 season that maybe he was getting into, you know, he was filling into that role. Um and then you know just had really a, a downer like first two thirds of uh 2022 season. It looked like he was maybe bouncing back a little bit at towards the end of the season, but yeah, it's a um, little bit too much of that same song that we were seeing early last season to start um, this 2023 season off for um, for AJ Dillon. But they're going to need him if Jones is at all banged up or limited uh, next week heading into, into Atlanta. Um, well, and there's another thing about that guy. I They had uh, uh, Emmanuel Wilson inactive, but they brought Patrick Taylor up. It's like... Yeah, towards the end of the game, Taylor was getting some reps, but he's he's a guy. He's not going to be he's not going to be a, a a lead back. He's just going to go in there and maybe put something together. You know, at least with Emmanuel Lewis or Lewis, I've done, that's like the third time I've done that to him. Uh, Emmanuel Wilson, you have a potential for a home run hitter with him. And, you know, you don't have that with Dylan. You don't have that with Taylor. You have that with Jones, but then Jones got injured and then there goes your, your home run hitter. So I, I, I don't, I mean, I understand it, but I don't understand it. And not only the part of it, I don't understand is now you just burned one of Patrick Taylor's uh, call-ups. So now what I, I think with the rules, he's only got two left, two or three left. And so if you were to need him, now you don't have him unless you sign him to the active roster. And he's not worth an active roster spot. He's the guy that you call up if you need him to be called up. So let's say Aaron Jones misses the next two weeks because of, you know, I think they were saying it was a hamstring injury. Then you can use the call-ups on him. And you'd have Dylan, you'd have Wilson, and you'd have Taylor. That doesn't sound horrible. I would feed more Wilson than I would Dylan, but at least you'd have that compliment again. So I I guess that's why they pay these guys millions of dollars to be the coaches, and I just sit here and complain about it behind the microphone. But some of the – and I know this is just week one, and we're going to have a lot of decisions throughout the season that are going to be weird, but I guess this is just me second-guessing some of this stuff in a victory, which is even sad because we shouldn't be complaining about anything because we just beat the Bears. Yeah, we we can go into de- – my, my theory on the running back situation is that they're just using Taylor's call-ups to buy time while they get Wilson, like, even more acclimated within, like, um, reps with the first team and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, who knows, maybe, you know, they did um, injury designate or not injury designate, but they um, injury settled all of Goodson, Lou Nichols from uh, the, the IR. So, you know, I, I don't know how long the designation is. I know it's three. I think weeks it's four one. weeks. Yeah. I, it, I think depending on, depending on what the settlement is, because it's three weeks plus whatever the settlement is. So yeah. if they agreed that it's a one week thing, then, then okay, then you go a little bit galaxy brain and you go, okay, so four weeks, and then you um so you have three weeks that you can call Taylor up, and then you just have one week where you have to tread water and figure out what to do for one week kind of thing before you can sign Goodson and or Nichols back to either the practice squad or the active roster. So I, I don't know if that's their plan, but it it kind of feels like maybe they're going that route. But like you said, that's that's something we can dive deeper into if there is any sort of movement on that front. But 
um getting back to the game like you yeah, said yeah i know yeah no 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 it's hey hey like it's totally understandable because um those were the kind of like that's kind of the state of the team like you said where it's it's supposed to be a, a season of discovery for this group because they are so young and you do kind of want to see more of the guys that they don't know about like you said as opposed to a guy like a Patrick Taylor you know Gaines kind of fall I guess Gaines they haven't seen him on defense that much but I kind of feel like there's a little bit of a reason to that but I mean Johnson you know you, we'd like to see Johnson take like live snaps at safety and stuff so those are definitely things worth talking about but for guys who did get on the field I thought Dobbs gave them just enough I you know it I was kind of bullish that I expected a lot out of love, no matter who started and played today, but we did see, I, I felt like we saw LaFleur rein in the playbook a little bit, especially on that second and third drive because you don't have Watson and Dobbs is only playing like one, like at, at most every other snap, if not like every third snap or something like that. So it was good to see Dobbs, you know, on the first drive, Dobbs was the third down guy. Um, and he just made two, like his first touchdown was just a great route. Um, read the coverage correctly, crossed Eddie Jackson's face. Can, can I say it was yeah. Devonte like, I mean, cause that was really a sick route, especially for a guy who's dealing with a hamstring injury. Yeah. You know, like, that was, it, that was it, crazy. It was a little bit of everything. Cause there was a little bit of athleticism to shake yourself free. I know John, I know Jalen, I know the bears were playing a zone, but you know, you do have to get off the line of scrimmage and get, you know, get yourself in the end zone and then to make the proper read and cross Jackson's face and not just cross his face, but really leave Jackson stuck in the mud, you know, in the middle of the end zone. And just like you said, to create that basically two yards of separation where the throw is a very clean and easy throw for love. And then the second touchdown, we we've seen it a couple times from um, Dobbs in the preseason, mostly we, and um, we did see it in the Patriots game last year where he's got some work on some um, stop ball and back shoulder throw kind of touchdowns. But it was nice to see it, you know, that connection come back between Love and Dobbs. And, you know, we heard some, you know, decent things that they had been working on that. I know that Dobbs is one of the guys who worked out a lot with Love in the offseason because they're both from California. But it, it's just one of those things where it's good to see that connection um, play true in an NFL game and stuff. So really like that um and yeah like i said i i'm okay with what happened with the play calling especially once they decided that you know jones was an important part of the play calling process yeah. again but um i thought that they didn't like turtle the playbook without you know without watson and dobbs limited they did still show some deep looks musgrave was getting featured um but I think the bigger one is that um, Jaden Reed had a little bit of a coming out party on offense and on special teams today. And it was really good to see that he actually just had cramps and was able to, cause I, I thought he blew his ACL out when he went up for that ball late in the game. And then he's out there the next drive to recover the onside kick. So yeah, but if you watched, he was, he was still ginger when he got up because yeah. he didn't even put pressure on that leg when he got up from recovering. But you know, I, to cover a couple of your points here, I think if I'm Matt LaFleur and Adam Stinovich and, and Tom Clements, I take at least one or two practices and make love have a connection with Musgrave because he's been overshooting him. Now Musgrave had that, that and this play was amazing because it was such a blown play, but it just, it I don't even think I saw Rodgers do something like this because it was just such an amazing play where it was a, a bad snap. It was snap. a far play. It was a far play. <laughs> yeah. But I even then, I don't even think Favre could have pulled it off because Favre just would have let it loose where he was standing and he wouldn't have tried to escape. But it was a blown snap, which is another thing we got to talk about is Josh Myers, you know, on top of the A.J. Dillon thing. But it was a blown snap. Love recovers. He scrambles out. Musgrave is wide open. And Love just lets loose a throw. And it was a beautiful throw for being such a rushed throw and a beautiful catch. Had uh, Musgrave been able to stay on his feet, he would have scored the touchdown. But it was a thing of beauty for being such a shitty uh, circumstance. And 
but it just and and love could have had musgrave again before that but he overshot him but it was also part of musgrave's fault because musgrave slowed up and tried to adjust to the ball instead of just keep running if he would have kept running he would have caught it right in in motion and he'd have been gone for the touchdown because nobody would have caught him so if i'm lafleur if i'm steno if i'm clement i'm taking the next two days at practice and just saying you two go work your shit out and get on the same page because once you guys hit we're unstoppable yeah that that corner route that you're talking about i want i do want to see it in the 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 all 22 to me the way i look at it that's a bad route by Musgrave um, because so what I thought I saw on the broadcast is um, and Olsen kind of pointed out is that the Chicago blew the coverage. They're in some kind of cover two look and both guys drive on the short route and Musgrave's all alone. And Olsen did correctly point out that Musgrave needs to keep that route vertical because he bends it too flat. And it's like, and Olsen's kind of just like jumping up and down. He's like, go deep like don't don't um don't 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 banana it out like keep going deep and um yeah it, it just makes the throw because what i do want to see is i want to see where love throws it but i'm pretty certain from what i saw love love is throwing it before musgrave breaks and that's why he's expecting it up the field musgrave is going more flat towards the sideline but like yeah, you said it, it, that's it one so- of those that you got to just work it out get get the details down but also that's one of those rookie mistakes that we're talking about where it's like it it's frustrating as all hell as a fan but they got to do it you know you you know obviously you hope that these guys hit you know hit at a 1000% rate but if you don't put good and or bad things on film you're never going to know so the only way you're going to learn is if you you play through it kind of thing and well, it was and good to reps. see the offense play through it yeah reps and that's why i said you know one or two days a week at practice, you guys are just going to go out on the field and you're going to work. I don't yeah. care if you want to bring a couple of DBs in to help you with it. I don't care if you want to get some pressure on you. I don't care what. Just you guys need to – and even throw Kraft in there because I, I know Kraft wasn't really seeing uh, uh, a lot of – I mean, he was getting more reps as a blocking in, but, you know, he really didn't get any looks as a receiver. So, you know, get out there and and – get these in like you did with your wide receivers because again musgrave is getting open if love can connect with him on this stuff we were seeing in the preseason we just saw it tonight against the bears there's nobody stopping them really there's not because they can't cover it because the minute they start covering musgrave then you got Jaden reed or romeo dobbs or when watson comes back you got him wide open so that's something they just and, and I love to see it because we haven't had this type of tight end in forever. I mean, you could say Jermichael Finley, but I think Musgraves is even more athletic than Finley ever was. So yep, I just I agree with you there. I, I just I I would love to see it because now we're seeing Musgrave getting open constantly. I mean, he was just wide open on that broken play, too. And again, had he kind of kept the route going instead of trying to turn back to it he wouldn't have stumbled and he would have been in the end zone yeah i don't i don't blame him for that one because yeah i think he saw it release i think he saw the ball out of love's hand and he, he saw it was fluttering so i think he just he treated it like a sky inning play kind of thing and he was like i cannot miss this and he actually almost did miss it because he was like you said he was backpedaling he looked like a punt returner instead of a receiver so i know it, it was one of those where i was like even that one, it was kind of like keep running, but it's okay because they converted and they end up scoring yeah. on the next play anyway, kind of thing. But you're right, like um, just going back to that play, yeah, it's that's one of those where you hear it all the time coming out from under center, you bump into a lot of shit if you're not paying attention. And um, I'm not sure what love bumped the ball up, but he definitely he gets a clean exchange, I think, but then he hits someone's butt or hand or something like that. And then as he's, like you said, that's what we've heard all preseason is love is a cool, calm, collected dude. And he just kind of go as, as you know, all of us fans are screaming and going insane watching it. He's just like, oh, here's the ball. I'm going to pick it up. You know, like, like you said, Aaron probably falls on it. Far probably throws it into the third deck kind of thing and stuff. <laughs> but love 
it, yeah, like you said, it, it was funny watching the replay because Love picks the ball up, looks at the rush coming at him, sees that he's got Dylan picking up a rusher. He's His O-line's kind of got it, even though he dropped the ball, literally. He steps over a couple steps to his right, and he's like, they didn't cover the lead. You know, they didn't cover Musgrave. I'm just going to get it out there and see what happens kind of thing and stuff. And, um, yeah, like you said, the, the the ultimate irony is if Musgrave even just – forget it, like, running full speed, but if he just jogs facing downfield – he might just run under that thing and catch it and go, like walk in and stuff, but it's a no harm, no foul because um, no, he made the catch on that yeah. one and it got us yeah. within range to score. But it, it just sucks because I saw somebody tweet this. That's two touchdowns Musgrave could have had that he missed out on. Yeah, and and, and it would have been great to see him get those, but you know, at least they scored and at least they made the plays. But yeah. it just, like I said, I just. I, I would get those guys together and get them on the same page because if they can get in that connection come later in the season, it, it's it, there's no way anybody's going to be able to hold them down. Yeah, it's and you know that's like I said and like we were kind of talking about with the inactives and who's up, who's down, what they're doing with roster spots. Musgrave is a guy that they've said that we're going to live and die with whatever he puts on the field and. Um, you know what? That's the that's the benefit that second round pick, you know, day one, day two picks are gonna get. But it was good to see, you know, it wasn't it was nice that we didn't just see flashes, we actually saw some connections, and like you said, the the sky is the limit there. And I do think love I don't want to say he played scared, but I think he was playing it safe. I think he was playing a lot of like take what they were giving. Like I said, it's hard to say without watching the all 22 again, but um, I think that's why we got a lot of engagement to read, is I feel like Chicago was tipping coverage one way and Reed was the benefactor of it this week. Um, but it does just put a smile on your face for, like you said, what's to come because they can't, co- you can't cover everybody. Like that's no. the thing with what they've done with resetting the offensive weapon group is um, it's not 2011 yet, but they've set up themselves to potentially have 2011 again and probably even more athletic than 2011 was kind of thing. So it, it's it's a lot to get excited about. Yeah. And yeah. But rounding out the offense, I thought the O-line had a good game. I know Myers had a couple plays that he'd probably like to have back. But um, overall, I thought that group just played clean. Chicago didn't really test them too much. I, that was one of the things that I was like, this team is so badly co- by a defensive head coach, no less. I was like, you're in desperate, you know, the, it was only a 10-point game at that point, and I was like, we're getting third and six, third and eight, and you guys are doing nothing but rushing four and dropping seven into coverage kind of thing, but whatever. It was ho-hum business as usual for the O-line, and I thought they put together a pretty good game. You know, you had a couple weird pass protection situations. Um, Love sack was a little bit of a weird play, but overall, they kept him clean, and um help to put the game away when they um when they could and stuff but I, I think offensively yeah the the second and third tries were nothing to write home about uh you know you kind of jump and scream at your tv kind of thing but i thought that from the field goal drive on lafleur kind of like said okay let's get this thing back under control and love pulled himself together too and um they just started to put up points again on um consecutive drives which Honestly, it's something they couldn't do last that this team didn't do a good job of last year. So it was nice to see them have, you know, a string of um, what was it? You know, they went from the field goal to close the first half. They went field goal, touchdown, touch. So they went three consecutive drives. Then they had the punt, touchdown, interception return. And that was it for our scoring. So it was good to see them go for like a five for six stretch and stuff, which is something they struggled to do last year. Yeah. And it, the Myers thing. I I mean, he had a relatively good game, but he was still making some mistakes. I know one of them, and I can't recall the play. You'll probably remember it a little bit better, but I know him and Tom had to like pull and he completely whiffed on a block. Yeah, and... it was the Dylan play down on the goal line. And it's one of those where I have to watch it again and he's operating outside in, but you got to, be quicker to recognize there's no one outside kind of thing and stuff and all. But um, it's, those are the kind of things that, yeah, like I, I'm always going to shade more towards the, the pass pro is good. 
and the when he highlights on run plays, it's really good. But you gotta eliminate those kind of plays, and it's you gotta you know we're in year three, and you can't be you know you gotta be shoring those up at this point. And I thought there was a couple of uh, snaps other than the one that we were just talking about that were a little erratic, but I mean, they were managed. It wasn't like one shot clear over his head and, and, you know, we lost 20 yards on the play or whatever, but I just, he's got to clean up a lot of stuff. And like you said, year three, he shouldn't be making a lot of the mistakes he's been making. So I, I just, I think part of the snaps and this isn't, it's not an excuse because you still can't spring it around. Quit making excuses for him, Kwano. But um, Chicago was trying to gum up our running game a lot of the ways that, you know, we'll go into what our defense was doing, but they had their nose tackle jumping gaps over and stuff. And I think Myers was trying to quick, you know, snap it quicker so he could make sure that he was keeping an eye on his guy. But you cannot, you cannot be spraying it left and right. You can go up and down a little bit on the snap, but you got to keep it on center mass. So. That's definitely something that's got to get um, shored up moving forward. But overall, like we said, they had their ups and downs. But, hey, it's week one. You're on the road against a common opponent. And overall, I thought that um, LaFleur, you know, like I said, he had a little bit of a lull after that opening drive. But I thought he um, pulled himself together and called a really nice game to um, get the Packers a a good lead that they were able to kind of just – sit out the rest of the game on on offense now did anybody else hold their breath when they saw dave uh david bakhtiari go down and yes he didn't look like I he did. wanted to come up because <laughs> i think that was the first drive um yeah and he was yeah. just down and he looked like he was not getting up and it's like uh-oh i have a tweet that says good. get up Bach. <laughs> like it, <laughs> it, no because because it it was one of those where he he dove to like try and make a cutoff block and someone fell on his legs kind of thing so it was one of those was like uh, it's not great but i'm like come on come on and then of course he's up and makes a really nice block on the next play i think it was one right of the down conversion throws but oh no yeah like definitely <laughs> had to hold our breath there going over to the defensive side of the ball and of course there is a gigantic grain of salt on a lot of what the defense did that being Justin Fields is not an NFL quarterback. No, he's a glorified running back. And I've said that for the longest time. He's a glorified running back. There's no quarterback to him. It just it bears fans. If you hear this and you want to come at me, come at me. But I have proof on my side. You have whatever you have on your side. Hopes and dreams. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I guess there's a potential still there, but he he's a glorified running back and when you can contain him then there's nothing to him and when they finally were able to start containing him you could see it he just he couldn't do anything he was hitting the 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 short routes the out routes and out in the flat and shit like that but he just wasn't impressing and his touchdown throw was kind of a blown cover it looked like nixon didn't really account for um the vertical on the route and he just i don't want to say he got lucky because he still hit the throw but his downfield throws were all open throws you know he had the one where it looked like the the coverage handoff between nixon and savage was a little loose on chicago's first drive and i think he hit that kind of or their second drive their first field goal drive and he hit a deep out against savage but other than that like you said everything was at the line of scrimmage and um you know Chicago Bears fans wanted us to believe, you know, wanted the nation to believe otherwise. But um, when when your when your fancy new um, wide receiver pickup is um, getting blanketed by one of the best corners in the league, and I think I think framing what Green Bay did on defense, yes, it is against Chicago, but that quarterback is a running quarterback, so it limits what Barry was comfortable doing on defense. You know, he played a lot of zone kept everyone so it kind of does take away your ability to just tell Jair go follow number two kind of thing you you have to you have to play games with it a little more you you kind of say like okay if he's in the slot we're gonna line you up on the perimeter because he might be running a switch route or oh like if he's crossing you're gonna you know we're gonna have double on the other side but um DJ Moore two catches 25 yards (laughs) 
And so, I think only two targets. So it, that that was it. Kind of. It's not like it's not even like he really got other looks or anything like that. But yeah. So and yeah, I mean, yeah, DJ Moore is a complete threat. But when he's really the only threat you have on the team, and you're going against a team with an all-pro corner, he's not going to get much done. Yeah, I I think for us going into this game, the concern you had with Moore was Moore is legit, and you can't necessarily shadow cover him because you're going to have to play a lot of zone. But I think the bigger concern for me was that because you have Moore, who is a legit wide receiver one. Everyone else gets so, you know, Darnell Mooney goes down to like a wide receiver two or three. Komet isn't the second target on every play kind of thing. But the coverage was great. And the pass rush, even though they were playing mush, mush rush for most of the game, instead of just this dude's back there and we're going to go get him kind of thing. I thought they were able to get good pressure on, um, on fields all day. I think there was a point where Olsen made a comment that um, advanced stats tracked it where he was getting pressured on like 60% of his dropbacks for the game. And um, obviously you need Jair to clean up that, um, that blitz because that was a beautiful blitz that Barry called on that one drive. Um, and they had a couple other instances where fields was able to kind of wiggle his way out of trouble. But um, overall, I thought the defense did a great job playing to what was the, the constraints of the based on the opponent they were facing. I thought that was one of the more disciplined because that was our one of our big concerns, you know, especially when we had Perone on, was that they were going to try some misdirection thing on the first play and hit us over the top. And Chicago never really had the chance to do that, whether it was because Green Bay was disciplined or the pass rush was as vicious as we, you know, had hoped it would be against this O line. Yeah. And I, I think it was Olsen that said something or, was it Aaron Andrews on one of the sideline interviews where she said that Devondre Campbell told the defensive line to make sure you uh, keep fields in the pocket and we'll cover the outsides. And that's pretty much what they did the whole game. And they had him pretty much contained. Uh, I was going to look here. He had nine carries for 59 yards. So, I mean, yeah, while he still gained 59 yards on the ground, it wasn't a 165-yard game like they did with Jalen Hurts. He, he, and he had that many yards on his one touchdown against us last year. So, I mean, that's already a step in the direction, in the right direction. So, yeah. And, and, like and that said, defensive line was playing great. Devontae Wyatt was out there doing great things. Uh, Kenny was kind of quiet for the most part, but you – in a way you kind of want, you're kind of glad he is quiet because you know, he's doing his job. You know, he's not going to be, he's, I, I don't think Kenny is ever going to be that flashy type of, of player. He's always going to be the guy that goes out and does his job and allows and you're everybody. like, Oh, he has six sacks at the end of the yeah. season kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, he and, had half of one, but he's today. also going to let everybody else, you know, uh, uh, feast around him. You know, he's going to open up for Devontae. He's going to open up for Carl Brooks, who got his first sack of the of the year or of his career. You know, he's going to open up for the uh, the outside linebackers or the edge rushers. Uh, Rashawn should have had one sack if it wasn't for uh, penalties. Lucas Van Ness got his first sack of his career. Uh, Justin Hollins got in there numerous times. Kingsley got in there numerous times. So. It all comes down to those guys on the line creating the opportunities for everybody else. And I think they all did they all did their job well. I mean, there's no complaints there. And they really held up the run game too. I mean, I wasn't too scared of the Bears run game outside of fields because, you know, they lost David Montgomery. They lost the or well, that's really all they had for the longest time was Montgomery. Uh, now I do have to say, and it kills me. And I did tweet this out. I love Roshan Johnson. I loved him before or coming into the draft. It hurts that I see him in bears colors, but he really started looking good, but they were still able to kind of bottle him up for the most part. And so uh, again, this is week one. So we got to temper expectations next week is really going to be the big test with uh you know Bajan Robinson and and uh uh Algier Algier Algiers 
Oh, geez. I kind of don't know how it's pronounced, I, I, but yeah. I can't think of is it Tyler? Yeah. I know how it's spelled, but I'm not sure how it's pronounced. I think they were saying Algiers, so but I couldn't remember if his first what his first name was, but you know, that's gonna be the real test is Bajan was looking pretty good, Algiers was looking pretty good, so we'll see how that goes on next week. But for this week, I thought they were everything looked better, even the special teams looked better. They weren't giving up much yardage. I this is the first time in a long time I've seen a complete team. Everything was clicking offense, defense, special teams, Anders. Somebody, you know, somebody needs to go give that guy a hug or whatever and just say, can you know, way to go, kid. You, you, you know, now we're gonna have growing pains with him all year, but he was perfect today. There was no misses. I know I, I wanted them to kick the field goal on that drive that Clifford was in on just to get him another rep, but I also get LaFleur going, it's a little bit far and we're he's five for five or six for six. Let's let's just go home happy kind of thing and stuff. So as much as I was like, he does need as many live reps as he can get, I do get thinking, nah, let's just go home. Like we can say that, hey, um, you know, and it's not like, oh, we're avoiding you. We're just trying to run the clock out, see if we can get a first down. But yeah, it that kick that he that that field goal he hit before halftime, that might have been good from 60 or 65. He boomed that thing through. And um, all his PATs were nice and pretty straight down the middle. For the when I remember, Whelan looked good. He he hit some bombs and stuff. And uh, obviously, we always hold it to we need to see how a punter looks in the cold. But like you said, and, and top down for Anders. We we've, we've got to kind of wait to see what Anders or Anders yeah. is going to do in in the weather and that. But based off what we saw today, yeah, I, yeah. they were great. And yeah. you know. Keyshawn, I love the guy, but he's got to learn some patience. I, I know he wants to take it out every time, but there's a couple of times it's like, Keyshawn, no. Keyshawn, no. Just take the 25. Just take the 25. <laughs> yeah. But like you said, I, I think the biggest takeaway from special teams and um, defense especially is, you know, as much as Bear fans wanted to deny it, Green Bay had – um had advantages in the areas that mattered most on the both sides of the line of scrimmage and the game, you know, it took a little bit, but it played out that way where our, our defensive front started to just take the game over against an overmatched O line. And you saw it fields was getting, you know, he ran out of a few opportunities early on, but as the game wore on every time he was getting knocked around a little bit, hit, hit, run out of the pocket, you saw his clock speed up and you saw him start to make mistakes, you know, basically to where he, throws the ball straight to Quay for the interception for return. Um, but, you know, going back to the, like you said, back to the run defense. So, you know, you look at the box score, it's 29 for 122 for Chicago, but you take out fields is nine for 59. So that means that they held everyone else to 20 carries for 70 yards, which is a good day of the running backs. Roshan was the best one with a four yard per carry average. And that was with an 11 yard run mixed, you know, the one where he ran over Rudy Ford and that's with that run mixed in there. So, um, you know, we had heard all, you know, leading up to this game, you know, Kenny had the day where he basically said, we know that we have to stop the run. We have to stop the run. We need to make changes. And we all kind of just rolled our eyes and, you know, even Kenny saying it, we we're kind of like, okay, like we've, we've heard this story before. Are you guys going to do it? And, by golly, they did it. So it was, <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of people are going to say it's, you know, as friend of the pod, Jacob Westendorfer is going to say, I don't know how much you chuck it up. It is the Bears and they still suck. But I think even in the recent years, you know, like 2020 and 2021, there were games where Chicago got leads on us kind of thing, where it was like sloppy special teams, sloppy defense. No one wanted to tackle kind of thing. Both games last year, Chicago scored opening drive touchdowns because Green Bay wasn't in run fits. Green Bay couldn't tackle. It was great to see them stuff them on the opening drive to stuff them on a fourth and short. And um, the run defense did hold up as the day went on. Um, you know, and like I said, you can't totally ignore QB runs, but a lot of that was field just making shit happen on his own kind of thing. Well, because of the pressure. You know, yeah. they were getting pressure on him, but there were a few times that he should have been sacked, but for some reason he was getting, you know, he was getting free. Uh, even a friend of mine texted me and said that 
you know, how are they not taking fields down? Because I don't know how many times they were missing out on him. They'd get a hand on him, but they couldn't drag him down. And I, that takes me back to the, you know, he's just a glorified running back. So, yeah. It, it, and, yeah, I mean, it is the Bears. And it is week one. And as you can look through the scores for this, for the rest of the league during week one, it it there's a lot of weirdness out there. But it we'll see what happens the rest of the season. Main thing is it feels good to rack up that win for week one, especially against the Bears when, like I said, they all had what now is proven to have been false hopes that it'll be different this time around. <laughs> but um, moving forward, like you said, kind of covered special teams. Whelan and Anders were as advertised. Um, I'm just curious if there's a point where Whelan is going to tell us that his name is pronounced a different way, but yeah. so far so good. Um they, the both guys were as advertised today. And um, like you said, we know that there's going to be ups and downs with both of them, you know, but um, it, it was good to see the good, especially, like I said, in a road start today. So um, kind of going into coaching, like I said, um, you know, LaFleur, he redeemed himself for what was kind of back-to-back rough drives uh, after the opening touchdown. But I thought he really tightened the ship up and um, got the offense back on course with some uh, better play sequencing, better play calling. Um, Barry, I thought, hey, maybe his ass should have been in the box two years ago. <laughs> but, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Um, but hey, one week down, and it was a you know you could tell there was a different you know there was a different aggressiveness on the field. Like I said, it's a absolute bummer Jair couldn't get Fields down on that that blitz they called because that was an excellent blitz call um they overloaded it and jair just came free off the right side and like you said if it's basically any other quarterback that's a sack or maybe even a bigger play than that but um it's 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 good stuff to get on film and it was good to see the the, you know the things that um barry was kind of talking about different players were talking about were um, actual things that we would see on the field and not just kind of lip service been there, done that, that we've had the last few years. Yeah. And I'm going to even go back a little bit further to the defense. Cause we completely with all our excitement, all that, that we completely whiffed on was uh, Quay's interception, his pick six. And I just, it was amazing play. I even tweeted something out saying, you know, maybe we should put Quay in at running back sometime because of the moves that he was making and, you know, he was taking hits and still was going. And I, I kind of, I understand they wanted to celebrate, but they probably should have let Quay lay down because I know he got concussed. Oh yeah. It was horrible. I don't know how they didn't call that maybe a penalty because he was already crossed the goal line and that, but they got him up in a hurry and you could tell he was just, his bell was wrong. His bell was wrong. (laughs) Like, but it was, yeah, a, oh no, 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 go for it. No, for I was it. just going to say it was an amazing play. You know, it's good to see him actually make those plays after last year, seeing him, you know, drop a few interceptions to now he actually got one. So I, I'm looking forward to more, but yeah, one, I, I don't understand how that wasn't a penalty and two guys the next time, just leave him down. <laughs> I know. Like I didn't from, cause I, um, I, I didn't the angle from the broadcast. I didn't see the hit super good. So at first, I thought he got concussed when he um, when he shook that one tackle off at like the fifteen yard line. I thought that's when he got concussed. But then when you saw the goal line replay, I was like, same thing. I was like, you you let the guy line him up like that. Like if it was Quay hitting a ball carrier like that, you would have thrown a flag. But yeah. because he's a defender returning an interception, it's like it's okay kind of thing and stuff. But Hopefully he's okay. Um, it yeah. The the big questions coming out of this game are you know I guess the the big one is what are you gonna do against a competent NFL quarterback? And honestly, I don't think we're gonna find that out until um, I guess the Saints game, but maybe even the Lions game, depending on your your um, your opinion of Derek Carr, because De- Desmond Ritter doesn't look like the second coming of anything other than disappointment for Atlanta, but. Um, after that, it's just um, 
can can they sustain and how are the injuries um gonna affect them you know the the two big ones being um Quay on defense and Jones on offense that's gonna kind of be the the big thing to keep an eye on going into next week I won't give up on Ritter quite yet because this is still only a second uh, season. But, yeah, and I, I think Carr is a solid quarterback. I just think – I don't think he's been given the greatest opportunities in the world. But, yeah, Quay got his bell rung. I, I probably don't expect him to play next week just the way he was kind of staggering a little bit and the way they're kind of conservative with injuries. So definitely see more of McDuffie uh, and maybe some of Wilson, unfortunately, but there's really not anybody that they have anybody else that they have on roster for it. But yeah, it's, we'll see what happens. This when we were doing our, our schedule predictions, these were the hard games to pick because they're the ones that the Packers should win. But there's also the big possibility that they don't. So, it, but it's going to be a fun season to pick. So, yeah. Yeah. And like we said, you know, that was what we hemmed in hot over like really the next like five to six games on the schedule is because. Like you said, they're better than some of these teams, but we saw it today where Green Bay left, you know, a decent number of points on the field with, you know, a couple missed routes, um, you know, just slightly off-target throws, things like that. So, uh, but it, I, I do think in that sense, it was kind of good to see some of that today because um, you had some missed opportunities and yet they still made plays to kind of counteract those and they still put 38 points on the board. Like we said, something they didn't do till week ten last season. So right. it 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 it's it's a weird thing to say. Like it was um, as disappointing as certain parts of the game where they're almost um, it's almost good for the team to go through it because it's better to go through those kind of things in a win than to be like, oh, we should have won that game, but we left these like four touchdowns on the field kind of thing and stuff. So it's it's better to be in this seat, honestly. <laughs> Well, what do you think? Should we crown some MVPs and LVPs for this today's game? Absolutely. Who do you have for your MVP today? So we'll start with the we'll start with the good since the Packers won. Well, this one's easy just because it's the first game of the season and it's his first start. I, you know, Jordan Love's going to be in my MVP just because it, it's so it, it's an easy pick. It's a layup, but he compared to what we've seen in the past with him he looked more comfortable he looked more confident yeah there were some throws here or there that you know you kind of wish he had back but he he really is looking like the guy that we need to lead this team after the Rodgers era so yeah that's my guy for this week yeah um I'll try to be a little different I'll say um I'll say my MVP this week was Aaron Jones. We just saw how different the offense looked. Really hope that hamstring. Um, I saw LaFleur's comment on it that they were hoping it was more of a cramp than it was a full-on strain. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Um, I am glad that I, I know that some people are going to kind of be like, well, like that kind of means two things, but I'm kind of glad they decided to just keep him out. It looked like he wanted to go back in the game at certain points. But I, I am glad that they said no. Like, let's just shut it down. Let's. I think let's... had the score been a lot closer, they probably would have ch chanced it. But with the score the way it was, it's like no, we're not going to chance it unless something happens. We'll let Taylor go in. We'll let Dylan take care of it. So, but yeah, that's a good choice. That would have been my other choice if I yeah. wouldn't have picked Jordan. And who you got for your LVP this week? It's a little bit harder to pick, but I, I would say Rudy Ford because I really didn't see anything out of him to make me a believer in him. Uh, I, yeah, he was making tackles and he was being physical, but he also gave up a lot of plays. And I just I don't see him being the starter. So I, I think if I had to choose anybody, he's probably going to be my least. 
yeah, starter, starter, placeholder starter is what we're kind of what you're hoping for as a Packer. Nothing right. against Rudy, but you know, you're hoping that, like I said, within a month, Johnson is taking that other starting spot just because that's he's the guy with projection on the roster. And for mine, I'm gonna go with AJ. It's you know, like you said, he's a great guy. We love him. We've seen better play out of him, but it it can't be that big of a drop-off between your two running backs if you're touting that you have one of the best backfields in the NFL. And granted, I don't hold that toss, that quick toss play against him. But like you said, he had some opportunities like that one screen, um, a couple other runs where it's like you expect a guy like him to push the pile better. And it's like he's getting stood up for like two yards or something like that. And where he's always um, face planning, you know, he's tripping yeah. over his own feet or getting tripped up or something. He's got no yeah. balance to him. And that's what really sucks. Yeah. And that was one of the things that it looked like he had coming out of college was like excellent balance for a guy his size. But yeah, like he probably should have had the touchdown on that um that one where Jones ended up getting the one yard touchdown run because um I think he kicked Aguara's foot or something like that. He almost stood up but that's kind of the story of his career to this point is this like close but no cigar kind of thing so it like you said it's tough and we're splitting hairs but i mean hey it's it's one of those kind of wins where no one really otherwise was a, a glaring like red alarm this guy had a bad game kind of thing well and not ever not all 48 players are going to play perfect games so i mean yeah whereas we picked jones and love this week next week they could be the lvps just because of how they played you yeah. never know it's going to be a long season hopefully it's a fun season but that just anything can happen that's what makes the nfl so hard to pick I, i've got a guy at work that i'm friends with that is a big gambler and he always says i hate betting the nfl because it's there's it, it's too hard to pick these are all professional athletes and they're all, you know, it, it's like Charles Barkley used to say about the NBA. Everybody is Mr. Somebody in your locker room. And that's kind of the case. Like uh, everyone was all conference. Everyone was all this, all that listing and stuff. So yeah, like you, like we said in our, um, in our season prediction last week, there is going to be a lot of expectation resetting this season, just because we're going to, you know, at, unlike the past few seasons where this team had, playoff to Super Bowl contention expectations because you have Rodgers and they loaded up on vets and stuff like that. This time, this is you know, it's the youngest roster in the league and we're learning about a lot of these guys in real time. So those kind of question marks of, are we really that good in this spot? Yeah, maybe we are. Oh, it's going to be a rough year for some of these guys. So those are the kind of things that it could change week to week just because of who we're playing um, injuries, what so be it. But Joe, anything left to put on the Bears or just happy to get another win against them? It's great to have week one done and over with and come out with a victory. Uh, it, I mean, either way, I'm still going to support this team no matter what, but it's a lot easier to support them when they're beating guys like the Bears. But I do just want to say that I am preparing to start doing my over-unders again. I just forgot to do it this week. So starting next week, we should be doing over-unders again. I was doing pretty good with them last year with Nick. So hopefully I can keep that rolling on for this next season. But I will make sure I have some of them prepared for this next week. And that's my bad. I'm the guy who does the outline. So I will remember to put those into the outline moving <laughs> forward. <laughs> but no, same, same sentiment. It feels so good, especially after all the crap Bears fans talked all offseason, how – it was a changing of the guard and, you know, maybe, maybe the Lions will win. You know, they looked good on Thursday night, but it wasn't going to be the Bears that were going to win the NFC North this season. That that was always the part of the discussion with Bear fans that made me laugh was, I was like, okay, like Green Bay sure isn't expected to win it this year, but it ain't going to be you guys. But... Yeah, you're not going to go from a three-win team all the way to a 13-win team in one season. <laughs> but it's great to have those kind of things set up. but. For now, that's all for this week. We want to say mahalo for joining us on this week's Ohana Packers Edition podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Kawano Mike. That's me. And Iowa Joe at Iowa underscore Joe 86. Find the show at Ohana underscore Packers. 
new episodes drop every Tuesday. Please be sure, please make sure to like, subscribe, and um, please do leave a review for us as we do want to hear what you're feeling about the show. Enjoy this one for another day, and then it's on to week two. Go Pack Go and Aloha. Aloha.